Well, good morning. It's great to have you here. Uh, if you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, as Elizabeth, Elizabeth mentioned, we are jumping into a new message series. Uh, it's going to take us five weeks, and we're going through a series called Make It Matter, uh, and we're going to be looking at our core values. And I think just recognizing for each of us the simple fact that we're here is fairly remarkable. Not that you're here in church is remarkable. Uh, maybe for some of you that's kind of remarkable. Uh, probably for some of you, you think back at a time in your life where you're like, I will never be in church. And so you're here this morning, you're like, yeah, it's kind of remarkable. I'm here. Um, for anybody that knew me before I became a pastor, when they find out, they're like, really? That, that, they don't, they're kind of surprised by that. But I'm talking even bigger than being here this morning. I'm talking about like being here, the, the, the fact that we're alive, that, we're, that we get to live this life. I mean, just being alive is a pretty unique opportunity. The fact that the idea that we, that we get to live, that we get to make decisions, that we get to try and establish relationships, that we get to have an impact on our world. I mean, just taking all that in, it's kind of crazy. And we really get to determine what's going to come from the years that we're given. I mean, we get to think and talk, and, like, and, and on our own, we get to decide, is my life going to be about things that are just temporary? Am I going to be all about things that are short-term? Am I going to be really inter- dealing with things that maybe aren't all that important, but that's going to be the motivation? That, is my life going to be all about getting stuff, about having things? Is it going to be all about items that I can collect? There's another option, and this is what we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks, is what can we do... How can we live if we decide that the life that we've been given, that we want to really make it matter? What can you and I do with what we've been given to really make the time that we've spent on earth, and how do we make it matter? That's true of us as individuals. It's also true for churches. Churches get to decide. And as a church, there's lots of choices you can make, and lots of programs you can put in, and lots of options that you can take that really have very little impact on the world. Or, as a church, you can decide that you're going to make some choices and establish some processes and and create some ideas and ways that you're going going to do things where you can look around the world and you can look around your community and you can say, you know what, we're going to make it matter. And around Silver Creek, uh, we've decided we're going to do everything that we can to make it matter. That the things that we do would matter in life. And if you've been around very long, or if you, if you walked through our lobby and you, you got here on time and you read the poster out there, or um, you've been on our website, or you, you know that we have core values. We've got five core values, and these core values for us as a church um, have grown out of the fact that we think not only should these be the core values of the church, these should be the core values of those individuals that are within the church. And we're convinced that as individuals, if we're pursuing these core values— as we're moving towards them and, and, and personally trying to develop them in our own lives, it will begin to establish not only are they true in our own lives, they'll begin to establish a church that's following Jesus and following the lead of Jesus in ways that we can really make it matter. In the lives of the people around us, in our own lives, in the way that this church can impact the world and the community, we want to make it matter. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to investigate and dig into these five core values and see how it is that they help us make it matter. And hopefully in the process, not only will you see how they help us as a church, but how do they impact your life as an individual? And how do these five core values, how can they be the, kind of the compass that help you understand and help you understand if you're headed in the right direction and if you have a real chance of making it matter. And if these five core values are a part of who you are and if they're a part of how you focus your life, it will allow you really to make it matter. And this morning we're going to focus on the core value uh, that we call train. 
Before we get into train, I just want to take a really quick look um, at our vision statement and our mission statement. We won't talk about, we won't go over this every week, um, but this is some of the stuff we'll talk about at the partnership class Elizabeth mentioned, but let's just look real quick. I have a whole bunch of blanks. You're going to have to write down quickly. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. This is our vision statement as a church. The vision statement is for Silver Creek, our Silver Creek Family Church exists to create opportunities for people to be transformed by God. If we're doing that, we feel like we're on target, and that's our goal. And in order for us to accomplish that, mission, or that vision statement, we've created a mission statement. And our mission statement is to invite people to know Jesus and connect them in his family, to train them to grow in Christ. Real quick, the, the first three blanks are invite, connect, train, in case you're just filling in blanks. Invite, connect, train. Uh, to grow in Christ and provide opportunity for them to serve in the church and in the world in order to worship God with their whole life. So those are our five core values, those words that were kind of bolded there, and we're going to go over each of those. Now let me just break this. I know this is really fast. You're like, yeah. Here's the five of them broken down, and just so you know. One of them is worship, as I just mentioned. Worship. Worship helps us to focus on God. Is that what we have next? Yeah, worship. Worship helps us to focus on God and prepares us spiritually and emotionally for the week ahead. We have Connect. Connect helps us face life's problems and provide the support and encouragement of other Christians. This morning we're going to talk about train. Train helps us fortify our faith by learning the truth of God's word and applying biblical principles to our lifestyle. There's serve. Serve helps us to find and develop our talents and use them to benefit others. And then lastly is invite, which helps us fulfill our mission of reaching our friends and family for Christ. If you didn't get all those blanks filled, ask me after service and I will help you. But anyway. So this morning we're going to talk specifically about the idea of train. And when we talk about the idea of train, what we're talking about is how do you and I learn to grow spiritually? And not just grow spiritually because we came to church, but, but how do you and I individually on our own, if you're not, not at church on a Sunday, but how do you throughout the week, how do you learn, how do you develop the skills that allow you as an individual to grow spiritually? And when we talk about skills or abilities that would allow us to train, we're talking about things like how do you, how do you read your Bible? And how, how do you read your Bible, and how do you actually learn as you read the Bible on your own without having to show up and have some goofball like me try and explain, you know, like, how do you pull it out for yourself? How do you develop the ability to pray? How do you develop the ability not only for you to pray and tell God everything that you want, but how do you develop the ability to listen and hear from God? Another, another area of training would be creating the habit of, of giving back financially to God through the local church. We we'd oftentimes would call that a tithe. How do, how do we develop that in our lives? And when you and I choose to train, when we begin to develop spiritually, when we learn, find ways that we can grow on our own, it allows us to begin to move forward in our life and really begin to live more and more like Jesus. And this morning as we look at train, as we look at this idea of growing spiritually, I think we're going to look at it in a way that's maybe different than any of you have looked at it before. Maybe not. Maybe you've thought about this. But I, I think what we're going to talk about this morning might release some of you to look at this in a whole new way, to actually approach it in a way that you feel like, oh, yeah, I can do that. My hope is that it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, I think I've got a couple funny jokes in there at least. Um, but if it doesn't make sense, just laugh when we get there. Uh, think back for a second um, to when you first got your driver's license. Okay, think back to when you first got your driver's license, and think back to that very first car that you drove. Okay, think back. If that very first car that you drove was, um, we'll describe it as a beater, like just a, blah, you know, like blowing smoke and that kind of, like, raise, raise your hand if the very first car you were driving was pretty much a beater. 
See, great. I think, I think we really cheat our kids out of some real good personality development if we don't make them drive a car that has some humility with it. Like, there's, they can really grow there, okay? Um, I know people are worried about airbags and all that. Just let them grow up. Anyway, okay. The very first car that I drove was a 1976 Dasher Volkswagen. Um, I think the official color was worn out brown. There were all kinds of dents, all kinds of dings. Uh, the carpet was mostly around the edges, bare in the middle. Uh, I had my dog in the car one time and wasn't really paying attention, and he chewed through two seatbelts in the back, which we didn't use anyway, so it didn't really matter other than they were gone. Then the kicker, okay? At one point, the, the hood had just, like, flown off the car, and so now the hood is actually held on by two bungee cords. Okay, that was, that was the car I'm running around in. Regardless of the first car that you drive, when you start driving, you have to develop your, um, we'll call it your, your gas philosophy. And if you were like me in high school, you know, when gas was like a dollar a gallon or whatever, I, I kind of I operated on the, like, the just get by gas philosophy. Like it was like, okay, how much, do I got a buck? Uh, how much change? Hey, everybody got 50 cents? And you know, you rally up, you get up some quarters from your buddies and you pull in and you just get like a gallon or two. You know, that's, that's all the change I got. And then, you know, you just, you take off and you're just hoping that that gallon or two will help you get along. And, and you know, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're running out and you're scrambling for another dollar and you're like looking under the mats and you're like, okay. And, you, and you're just hoping to get by, you know, and you're, you're just, you're just all, it's always just hanging at E, you know, and you're like, okay, all right. So that's one gas philosophy. Another gas philosophy, and this probably happened more after I got a credit card, but the philosophy is more like the Ronco guy that's on the, the telemarketer guy, where this is where you like just you just fill it and forget it, kind of a concept. You just you fill it all the way up, and then you just go. And this is what I do now. I just I don't even really pay attention to it until the light turns on, and it seems like the light turns on way faster than it should. But and then the, you know now we're back. Okay, the, the needle's down here by the E. And the light is now on, and I try and push it till the needle level is at the bottom, and then it's like, okay, I better, I, we're about to run out. I better get in there and fill it up, right? I think when we look at the idea of training spiritually and training emotionally, most of us land somewhere close to these two philosophies. We don't really want to be empty, but both of those philosophies, we find ourselves at empty more often. You know, even if you go with the fill it, forget it, all of a sudden you're like, ah, the light's on again. Or if you're just going with the $1, $2 thing, you are constantly like, oh, okay, here we go. The great news is this. If we learn to train, and learning to train can help us avoid a feeling of emptiness. And if we don't approach this idea of training correctly, if we don't tr approach spiritual disciplines correctly, I think we get stuck in one of these two gas philosophies where we're either like really quickly trying to just throw a couple bucks in real quick, you know, you're like throwing out a couple prayers because you got an important meeting or an interview or a test, and you're like, Jesus, help me remember things I didn't study, or whatever it would be, and you're just kind of, you know, or you've got a couple special verses that you've stuck to your mirror or your dashboard or whatever, and you, you read those and think that's, you know, it's just these little quick fill-ups, but you're really always kind of teetering on empty. Or you go with this like uh, big fill-up process where you, you go to, I don't even know what, Promise Keepers is old, but Promise Keepers or Women of Faith, or you go to some conference, right, and there's this big name speaker, and they're really inspirational, and it's like, yeah, and you leave, and you're like, we're going to do it, or, or maybe it's just coming to church on a Sunday once a week, this hour, and you're like, okay, I'm here, and this is my hour, and I'm going to fill up the tank, I'm going to fill up the tank, and I'm going to be all ready to go, and then I'm just going to motor through the week, and most of us know that by about Thursday, it's like starting to run out, and you're like, oh boy, 
I sure hope I can coast into Sunday so I can get that tank filled up again because I am about out. And neither one of those philosophies ever really do we feel like we're filled up. Momentarily on a Sunday, we might leave being like, all right. But we never really feel like, like our tank is continually at a state of, of being full. And it always feels like our tank is hovering out around empty. And when you and I are continually hovering around empty, it's really tough to feel like anything uh, is really available for us to give. Like if we're on, when our tank is at empty, it's hard to give out and it's hard to really make it matter because we're just scrambling to try and like keep the motor running. I, I don't know what you came here today looking for or what it is that you want this morning, but I have a good feeling of what you don't want. I'm guessing that none of us in this room really want emptiness. Recognize God doesn't want emptiness for you either. But if we're honest with ourselves, if we were really to be honest with each other, we would often probably, a lot of us would sit around and say, you know what, yeah, spiritually, I'm, I'm usually on empty. I don't spend a lot of time feeling very full. I don't know about you, but when I'm empty, I'm not a very good person. When I'm empty, I'm anxious. When, I, when I'm empty spiritually, I'm shallow. When I'm empty, I'm really confused. When I'm spiritually empty, I'm selfish. I get angry really easily. When, I, when I'm running on empty, I, my thoughts are fragmented. I, I lack compassion for people that are hurting. When I'm empty, I'm really vulnerable to temptation and making dumb decisions. I'm cynical. I'm insecure. It's really difficult to make decisions. When, when, I, when I'm empty, I feel very distant from God. And when all of those things are at play, it's really hard to make it matter. It's really hard to make it matter in our lives and with people around us. And as a church, it's really hard to make it matter when we're feeling emptiness. And I'll just admit, I, I've experienced emptiness way more than I want to admit. And from conversations I've had, I, I'm not alone. And way too often we feel like we're empty and we think, well, I'm probably the only one that's empty because we look around and we're all really good at making it look like we're full. And so I'm feeling empty or you're feeling empty, but we're really good at pretending like we're full. And so we look around and we're like, oh, I must be the only one that's empty because they all seem to have it together. They seem to be doing pretty well spiritually. And then that leads to additional insecurity, which makes us feel more empty, which makes us feel more alone, which creates more emptiness. And I, I'm not saying that, I'm, I'm not accusing you of being empty, it's just my guess is that from conversations I've had, that's where a lot of us find ourselves. And the really good news is that you and I, we don't have to live on empty. The reality of it is, is that there's a way that you and I can be filled spiritually. In fact, there's a way that we can live, there's a way that we can find power and life, and that's what God wants to offer us, the way to fill our spiritual tanks on a continual basis. A gentleman by the name of Paul, who actually started a lot of the churches in the first century, uh, he reveals in Ephesians 3.19 what it looks like to, like to be filled. It's on the screen. It's also in your message notes. This is what Paul wrote. He said, May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you'll never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's kind of confusing to me, the fact that we'll never fully understand it and yet it's supposed to fill us up. Sometimes when I think about, well, if I don't understand it, how's it going to work? How's it really going to fill me up? 
There's all kinds of things that we don't fully understand that fill us up. Like, I don't understand how my TV works, right? I don't get it, especially now that we've gone with flat screens. I really don't get it. But, but I still sit down, and I grab the remote, and I turn it on, and people entertain me or whatever, and, like, my entertainment tank gets filled up. I get, you know, that fills me up. I, I really like circus performers and comedians and CSI. Those all start with C. I didn't realize that until just now. Um, I really like all those things. I, I, I don't get how any of I don't know how the trapeze guys do it. I don't get how it fully works, but it's interesting, and it's intriguing, and, and it sort of fills up my curiosity tank. So, so I don't know how it really works. I don't really know how God is able to do that, but God wants to fill us with life. He wants to fill us with power that's available to us from God. I read that, and I think, that's available to me. That's available to, to Brent Hudson, to, to, to sinful me, to selfish me, to forgetful me. That's life and power is available to me. That's available to you. And the answer for that life and that, that answer for that power, I don't think it's what you think it is. I, I'm betting you think you know the answer to filling this life and this power that's available. I think you, I think you have an idea. If we were to sit down, I, I, I bet I could guess your answer for how you feel like we get that experience of emptiness to go away and how we can feel like we're fueled and, and living on fire for God. And actually what you and I need to choose is we need to move away from our flawed refueling plan. Because if I were to ask you, hey, what do we, what do, we do to fix it? When we're feeling empty, what, what do we do to fix it? Normally, what we think, normally we talk about it if we feel like, well, I'm not really where I'm supposed to be with God. If I'm, if I'm feeling empty, we would say, okay, I know what I need to do. If I'm feeling empty, what I need to do, I need to read my Bible more. We would say, if I'm feeling empty, the thing that I need to do is I need to pray more. We would say, if I'm feeling empty, I need to memorize more Scripture. If I did more stuff, I would be refueled. The problem is, that's a recipe for failure. Okay, yeah, the pastor just said praying, reading the Bible, and memorizing is a recipe for failure. What happens is, we just think, if I'll just do it more, if, if I'll just do it better, it will get rid of emptiness. The problem is, that's not the answer that Jesus gave us. Unfortunately, that's the answer that's come from church people like me. That's the answer you get from religious leaders. Like good-hearted pastors, teachers, and writers, the answer has been just do it more or do it better, and then you won't feel empty. And the reason that was the answer that we gave you was because that's what we were taught. Here's what we were all taught. We were all taught, just do it like Jesus, and you'll be set. And I see the wheels turning in your head. You're wondering, did the pastor really just say, move away from doing it like Jesus? That, that can't possibly be right. Like, what are we going to do with all of our WWJD bracelets? Like, what, aren't we supposed to be more like Jesus? Calm down. You don't have to get rid of any of your lanyards or motivational posters, Okay. What I'm saying is, that's not the answer for how we train spiritually. That's not the process for getting away from emptiness. If we're going to develop a plan for our life to make it matter, it isn't just do it. 
It's not just follow this plan, not just take this structure. It's not just take this model or this process. For example, I grew up, I was taught by good, honest people who really, I was taught, if you are feeling empty, if you need to be refueled, you just got to pray. Why? Why do we just got to pray? Jesus prayed. Oh, okay. Well, what else do I need? You just need to read your Bible. Why? Well, Jesus read his Bible. Well, Jesus not only read his Bible, he memorized it. So like, okay, I guess now I got I to gotta pray because Jesus prayed. I got to read my Bible because Jesus read his Bible, and I got to memorize it. Okay, what else did Jesus do? Miracles. Okay. Read my Bible, pray, memorize, and do a couple miracles. Stink. Okay, what else did uh, Jesus read his Bible, memorized, uh, that prayed, and he did some miracles. He also witnessed to multitudes of people. That's a pretty good crowd this morning. Uh, but no offense, like, you're not a multitude. So now I got, I got to go find like a thousand people and pull them all together so I can get that done. Jesus rode on a donkey. I, I have no idea where to find a donkey. And horses freak me out, so I can't imagine riding a donkey is going to be any better. Jesus fasted, and I got to fast. So not only did Jesus pray and read and memorize, he fasted. So now I got to not eat while riding a donkey. You know that Jesus went to a quiet place? There's one verse out of like 31,000 verses that says Jesus withdrew to a quiet place. So that means I have to do it quietly. There's another verse in Mark where it says he did it in the morning. So if you're a night owl, (laughs) tough luck. Jesus did it in the morning. So now you got to do it in the morning. Jesus also was, one time it said he went on a mountaintop. So luckily we live in the Northwest. So like mountains are only 45 minutes away. So what this means is if if we're just going to do it like Jesus, we just got to get up early enough that we can get to a quiet mountain far, far away from a lot of people. Don't eat, just read, just pray. That's all we got to do. And then we'll get refilled. But what we end up doing, if we try to just do it like Jesus, is we just establish a bunch of checklists and rituals for ourselves. And the best news this morning is Jesus basically said, hey, be careful of checklists and rituals. Now, before you run off, don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that prayer is bad, okay? Don't, nobody tweet that out. I mean, that would be crazy for me to say that prayer is bad. I'm actually leading a connect group this next week actually called the hour of prayer okay so um you should join us it's going to be amazing um it's wednesday starts at seven o'clock um come i'm actually sending a list to jesus of everybody that doesn't come so you might want to be there that kind of sounds like a checklist and ritual it's more for me than for him but anyway um i'm not saying prayer is bad i'm I'm also not saying you shouldn't read your bible you should we should read our bible prayer and reading and memorizing scripture like these are foundations for our faith and and honestly if you're at a place right now where where you have a daily routine where where you don't feel guilty or you don't feel like a failure and and you're actually able to get to a place of intimacy with God and it feels fresh and you're refueled go for it stick with it run with this just know you're probably in a minority because the majority of us we get hung up on the stuff and the checklist, and the, did I write in my journal enough? Or, you know, like these rituals of all these things. And then when we don't get the checklist right or we don't get the rituals right, we just get frustrated. 
I didn't do it all. I, I, I must be a failure. And then with failure, just kind of cycles. Matthew 11, Jesus said this. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle and will find rest for your soul. Ask you a question that only you can answer. Only you can answer this. When, when you think about your spiritual life, like specifically when you think about like training spiritually, when you think about developing and growing habits that could fuel you up, that would, that would keep you from feeling empty, when you think about that part of your life, is the burden light? Like, do you feel like Jesus is just saying, come to me and I'm going to give you rest? Like, this is going to be a, an enjoyable process. Or does that feel more like um, jumping on the treadmill of religion? Where you're not doing it right and you're not doing it enough and you need to do it more in this special way and, and it's just not, oh, gotta, gotta, gotta do it. Have you seen that video where their parent, they're, they're putting Legos on the treadmill and people are running on that? Like some, that's what it feels like sometimes. You're like, ah, yeah! Or does it feel like this? Does your development of training spiritually feel like Jesus said, just, just come on, let's, this doesn't have to be complicated. I want to help you find rest for your soul. Or do you feel like you've got to perform and you need to do it right and you've got it all get together? Because what happens is when we start to perform, when we start to perform, it leads to rituals. And when we start to do rituals, it leads to a checklist. And when we do a checklist, then it leads to failure. And when we have failure, it leads to guilt. And does the screen look like the right screen? I don't think so. What's the, is there a screen that says perform and rituals and checklists and failure and guilt and withdrawal and emptiness? If it doesn't, on your, there it is. When we perform or when we feel like we have to perform, we're like, well, what did I do? Did I get it right? And so then that we like create some rituals. And if we do it right and do it over and over, and then we have to create a checklist and we make sure we get all those rituals right. But if we don't get all the checklists knocked off, then we feel like a failure. And when we feel like a failure, then it starts to create guilt. And as that guilt starts to grow within us, we're like, well, I feel guilty and I failed. So I start to withdraw and I start to withdraw from God and I start to withdraw from other people because I don't want them to know that I'm a failure because I missed the checklist. And then when I've missed the checklist, this begins to create this emptiness. And ultimately, we reach this point of emptiness. And Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Just come to me. Just, just, just follow me. He's like, my burden is light. I just want to give you rest for your soul. And when we think about training and developing spiritually, when we think about it being something that we do and something that we go and where we go and we check this off... We end up missing the invitation of what Connect is really all about. And really what it's all about, the reason that we train, train is an invitation to connect with Jesus. That, that's why we do it. We train, we develop these things, not so that we get better at reading our Bible or that we memorize more scripture. We, we train to connect with Jesus. That's the whole point. If you go out to dinner with some friends, you have some options you can choose. And if you really want to connect with friends, you've got a couple options. You could go to an option where there's going to be a, like a waitress or a server, right? And so you sit down, and they're going to come, and they're going to take your order, and they're going to refill your drinks, and they're going to deliver your meals, and they're going to check on you, and, and you eat. But the whole time, because they're doing all the stuff, you just have a conversation with your friend. And you, you know, you're polite when they come, and you order, but, but you just connect. You just have this relationship, and, you just, and, you, and your relationship gets filled up. Another amazing option when it comes to dinner is to go to one of those all-you-can-eat Mongolian grill places. I love them. 
I love it. It's just like eat as much as you can, and it's amazing, right? And you can take a bowl or two bowls, and you can fill it up with vegetables and sprouts and carrots and broccoli and brah, and then you have your meat bowl, and you put steak and chicken and shrimp, and your friend's at the front of the line, and there you're like, yeah, I'm getting my sauces, and you got your lime juice and oyster sauce, and you know, like, this is good, and then you get in the line, and there's the guy cooking everything, and, and you hand him your, you know, your friend handed him his food, and his is already cooking, and then they get theirs and go to the table, and then you cook yours, and, and by the time you get yours, you get back to the table, and your friend's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to get some more. And so they go get more, and they're going through the line. And by the time they get through the line and they come back to the table, you're like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to go get more. And you spend your whole time getting food. You're, you're not together. And you're so busy picking sauces and picking vegetables and getting your meat right, you miss the chance to connect. One eating experience is together. The other one is get your food. And when we train spiritually Mongolian style, we get worn out. And we miss, that's, I, sorry about for Mongolians, that was not a, I mean, Mongolian grill style. When we train Mongolian grill style, we miss out on connecting with Jesus. We miss out on connecting with Jesus because we're so busy trying to find the right vegetables and find the right sauce and perform and pick and choose it. And Jesus is like, I just want you to spend time with me. I just want to connect. The entire reason that we train spiritually is just to connect with Jesus. Just a chance to get to know him more. And something that we have to do, something that we have to stop, is we have to stop feeling like a failure. We have to move on from that when it comes to our spiritual life. We have to stop feeling like a failure. We have to move beyond that. We can't get caught in this process of, of guilt and withdrawal and emptiness and, and stop feeling like a failure. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we talked about this idea of, of driving our lives into a ditch and kind of feeling like whether we got there on our own or whatever. Like, oftentimes, we get that, that place of feeling like a failure. And in reality, all of us have failed. All of us have, have sinned. We've all failed in that way. And we talk about when we sin, it's breaking relationship with God or with other people. We all have needed a Savior. We've all needed to be forgiven. We've all needed to be made right. And if you're here investigating God this morning, recognize this is a safe place to investigate who God is. But ultimately, Jesus died to pay for our failures. And the fact that Jesus died on the cross, and we put our faith in what he did on the cross, the fact that he died for us, then that means that an imperfect Brent, an imperfect you, can now have a relationship with a perfect God because we've been made right by Jesus. We, we've been saved from our failures already, so don't allow your failures when it comes to performing spiritually to keep you from connecting with Jesus. Our relationship with God is created by and developed by the fact that he did something amazing by sending his son to die on the cross so that we could have a relationship with him. Stop feeling like a failure and allowing that to keep you from moving forward. I beg you, don't feel like a failure. If you're already in relationship with God, recognize that we've been saved. We've, Jesus has sacrificed his life, and God wants us to know that he loves us, and he adores us, and he just wants to connect with us. He wants us to be in his presence, and he wants to be in our presence, and he really wants us to do it without fear. Hebrews 4 says this, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Come boldly. God's like, you can come boldly. Like, you don't have to feel ashamed. You don't have to feel 
fear. Just want to connect. Just want to connect with you. So don't feel like a failure. In fact, one of the very first steps for you and I to make it matter and to, to grow in this idea of training spiritually, stop looking around and comparing yourselves to everybody else and thinking they've got to figure it out and they've got to figure it out and I can't. Just don't do it. God's like, don't let that get in the way. Stop feeling like a failure. Stop feeling like you've missed it and start something. In fact, just start thinking of Jesus as a friend that you can get to know. Start thinking of Jesus as this friend that you can get to know, and then this process of refueling begins to change because it's just a friend that you're growing in this relationship with. I mean, when a friend invites you over to your house, like a real friend, not like a stranger or an acquaintance, but when a real friend says, hey, would you come over and hang out? And it's like a buddy, a good friend. Like, you don't stress out about the pressure to perform when you get there, right? I mean, if it's a really good friend, you're not like on the way over thinking, okay, so they've invited me to hang out, and when I get there, I'm going to clean the bathroom. And I think their fifth grader is struggling with math, so maybe I'll do that. And the deck probably needs to be sanded and stained, so I'm going to do all these things so they let me. No, 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 it's a good friend. You just like walk in, you're like, I'm going to get something out of the fridge, right? Like, I'm going to have, I got my space on the couch. It's not about performing, it's about being together. And Jesus is like, you don't have to feel pressure to do it, right? Recognize that he wants to be our friend. The God of the universe wants to be our friend. Now, recognize, it's a friend that has the ability to part the Red Sea and change people's hearts. Like, but he also has the capacity, he also has the desire to have an intimate, personal relationship with us. John 15, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, now you are my friends. My goal this morning is that you would stop feeling like a failure when it comes to training spiritually. And that you would recognize it's not about a checklist, it's not about rituals, it's not about hoops. It's about a relationship. It's not about performance, it's about the presence of God. It's not about me showing you a bunch of things to do, it's just about you and I deciding to show up. It's not about guilt, it's about grace. There's not a special formula, it's about a friendship. Start looking for ways that you can just naturally connect. On a morning like this, when we talk about spiritually training, typically we would hand out a bunch of things. Here's how you can do it, and here's how you can do it. I can give you some stuff. If you want to email me, I can give you some ways to do it, and you can search online. Just we're gonna, It's going to probably include reading your Bible. It's going to probably include spending some time in prayer. But really, it's not about how you're going to do it. Whatever the tool is, whatever the approach is, you have to get away from it being a checklist. It has to get away from being rituals because those will ultimately end in failure. We simply have to decide, I'm going to pursue God as a friend. I'm going to use these resources as a way to connect with him. Because the closer you and I can draw to God, the closer that we can get to him and know him, it will begin to transform us into the likeness of his son. And the more we become like Jesus, the greater chance we will have to make it matter and have an impact on our world. And every week on the back of your Connect cards, we just kind of challenge you to think through what it is that you're going to do based on what it is that you've heard this morning. So this morning, as you think about looking at training spiritually differently, what's your next step? Maybe your next step is to acknowledge your past attempts to train that have led to emptiness. Maybe your next step is to embrace that rituals and checklists won't get you where you want to go. 
Maybe your next step is just focus on one area of training that you'll begin to develop and begin to develop in such a way that you don't have to hit all these marks. And maybe your next step is to train with the intention of just knowing Jesus better, not doing something right. Band's going to come and play one last song, and I would just challenge you as Jesus says, Come to me, I'll give you rest. My burden is not heavy, but I want to make it light. Allow him to begin to do that in your heart as you consider ways to train spiritually. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your invitation to us, that you desire to connect with us, you desire to be in relationship with us, you desire us to know you and know you in such a way that it would begin to transform who we are. Would you help us to be willing and begin to see how we can move away from from rituals and checklists and feeling empty and like a failure and recognize your draw to us to be in relationship with you, to be friends, to recognize we get to have a relationship with the God of the universe. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.